Life Audio. Welcome to the Jesus is All We Need podcast with me, your host, Jason Sotil. This is a show where we dig into the personal testimonies of people in the news, celebrities, and folks just like you and me in a way that will leave you encouraged. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Jesus is All We Need podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Jesus is All We Need podcast. Today, we have a really cool guest, my friend, Jim Moss. Jim is a dad, a follower of Christ, a husband, a fire captain for Metro West Fire Protection District in St. Louis County, Missouri. Jim is an author. He's a speaker. He speaks to fire chiefs, firefighters, and just everyone in general. And he is just such a solid guy. I'm so stoked to have you here, Jim. Thanks for coming on to the show. Well, Jason, I'm incredibly honored. I'm glad we finally made this happen. It's been a while. You were on my podcast, you know, the Firefighter Success Podcast. We had a great conversation, a great time there, and just honored to be here. And uh, thanks for having me on. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, no, that was such a blessing to be on there when I released my first book to talk with you about it. And it's funny, off screen or off off uh, tape, you and I were even talking about that, how it's so funny that we, we over the past few years, have talked about our books and talked about why we've written them and tell our stories. And it's so cool every once in a while just to put that aside and have mm-hmm. an awesome conversation about what our drive is, what, what we yep. do and why we do it, man. So that's pretty yep. awesome. What's the true reason behind all that stuff? Right. Well, with that being said, I do want to talk about your book and the reason that you wrote it. And and because when I was going through it, I saw so many biblical principles and stuff. I, I saw chapters on on how to work not harder, but kind of like smarter and be within the Lord's will and stuff. And so I want to I just want to talk about that for a minute. What was your reason for writing your book? Yeah, so um, it's kind of funny how it all came together, but uh, you know everything uh, happens according to God's purpose and plan, not mine. But uh, so I was writing uh, blog articles for mm-hmm. FirefighterToolbox.com, uh, right? Uh, and there was this one article uh, that I, I called Ten C's to Firefighter Success." And so, as as anyone who's read my book, you know, "Firefighter Success: Twenty C's to Firefighters uh, to Firefighter Excellence." Um, it's a lot more than 10 C's, uh, but this article started as 10 C's and, uh, it was things that I thought were most important words, characteristics that started with C that were most important for firefighters to really have in the fire service to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so 
I actually kind of tabled it back then. I never put that article out. I tabled it and I just kind of saved that file. And so that was probably back in 2015. And so I wrote uh, Firefighter Functional Fitness with Dan Kerrigan back in 2016 is when it came out. And, you know, we've been teaching with that. It's it's done really well and we're blessed by that. But come COVID in 2020, I was at a slow engine house Mm -hmm. and it was COVID. Right. And so I was like, oh, I still have this this article I was I was thinking about writing. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I know how to write a book. I know all the procedures behind it and, and, and the process. And so I was like, maybe I'll revisit this. And so I developed it more, added more C's to it. Um, what I thought were the most essential things for every firefighter, whether you're a believer or not, uh, the most important things for firefighters to have to really be successful to be a uh, firefighter of value, someone who contributes, someone who gets the most out of their career in the fire service. Um, and so that's how it came about is that in, during 2020, uh, wrote the manuscript, revised it, went through the whole process and, and put it out there in 2021. Um, and so that's really how it all came about. Right. And the how I kind of phrase it really is, if my children were to join the fire service, this mm-hmm. is the book I would want them to have to right. know what is truly important uh, to be successful in the fire service. Right. And uh, as you know, when I have people on my podcast, I say, okay, what's your definition of success, right? And it's always different. Every person, it's, it's different. And so in the book, I kind of define you know, what my personal definition mm-hmm. of success is. And it, it really has nothing to do with rank. It has nothing to do with money or time in the fire service, seniority, or anything like that. It has to be it has to do with being a person of value, uh, contributing to others, making others better, um, and making sure that you are serving others instead of receiving. Right, being that right. contributor instead of receiving. As as we all know, all know that's what Jesus did. He served right. others. That's what right. he lived for during his time on this earth. And so we should do the same as as believers. Dude, and that so, is so good. No, no, go ahead. Keep carrying on. But that is so good. I'm like, <laughs> that, that's my amen right there. Amen, brother. But yeah, keep yeah, on, yeah get an amen in there. <laughs> right, right. And so um, and, and when it all comes down to it, like I said, if I could bottle up everything that I believe was important for a firefighter and give it to my son or daughter, or let's just say someone who is getting in the fire service, you know, a family friend, mm-hmm. we always get contacted by, by a family friend or an, an acquaintance who's like, mm-hmm. hey, my son or daughter is wanting to get in the fire service. You know, they always ask about what's the process, what academy, right. you know, training and all that stuff. But we don't learn all these things of how to be successful, as I talked about in the fire service through the fire academy or right. through uh, on the job training. Right. We were taught them by mentors or we're taught by our faith. Um, we're taught by those who have coached us and poured into us. Mm-hmm. And so this is a way of kind of bottling everything up that I believe is important to be that person of value, to be that contributor, uh, to be that person who constantly serves others. I wanted to bottle it all up into a book uh, and be able to pass it on in one single source to to help others be successful in the fire service. Right, dude. I love that. And you know what what I see when I look into your book, everything that you've written and just speaking right here is it's basically discipleship. 
you know, and, yep. and that's what the fire department is. And I never want to say the church has gotten anything wrong because first off, God's church is perfect. As we know, we kind of mess mm-hmm. things up every now and then on our interpretation. <laughs> but one thing I do feel is we, we should always strive to be better. And mm-hmm. one area we should strive to be better in, in the church and the fire service is discipleship. We, mm-hmm. we need to hand down what we've learned, the skills, the abilities, all of the action that we've seen on the fire ground and pour it into the young men and women as they're yeah. coming up to make them better because we want them, as you mentioned, to serve. Now, yeah. when I was going through some of my troubles and, you know, being a young, cocky, arrogant guy in the fire service, which trust me, I've seen both Christians and not Christians and non-Christians oh, yeah. in that realm there is sure. I was sitting there, I was talking with the pastor one day. And he asked me a question. It was almost like an interview question. The fire service is also, why, why did you want to be a firefighter? And what, what do you get out of it? And it was a great question. Mm-hmm. But the answer I gave was the worst answer in the world because it all surrounded me. as like, I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed giving back. I, I, I. And so all of a sudden mm-hmm. he throws it down. He's like, Jason, truthfully, you're being kind of selfish right now. And I was like, wait, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, bro, hold on a second. I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to, you know, we don't talk about everything we've done, but I have a few awards hanging on the walls. I had a couple of grabs at that point in my career. I've like, I've saved a couple of lives here. And he's all, there you go. Right. Ah, he's all, Jason, critique or change it. He's all, make it sound like this. And I hope it grows within. He's all, you have been given a gift, a gift mm-hmm. to want to serve other people that was given to you. Now use that gift to serve people while giving all honor and glory to God. He's all taken off of you. When you went to a fire, sure, you did your thing. You used Mm -hmm. your skills and abilities. But where did they come from? Who did they come from? And it was like, he's all humble yourself down just a bit. And I was like, wow, dude. It was almost like, here's this pastor just became my captain, you know, or my chief or something. I'm going to talk with me. And, And so that's why we say, we have to let our faith drive us. We have to let our doctrine drive us. But we also, in the fire department, which I'm not part of anymore since I've I've retired, but in the fire service, it's also a very secular world, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and as Christians, I'll be honest with you, we have to respect that. You know, we've been mm-hmm. we've been called to work for our county, work for our cities, work for the the governing body that oversees us. Now, here's my question to you: How do you quote keep that? separated your faith within, you know, not coming in and, and preaching to your fellow co-workers, but also not separating from your faith. Does that make yeah. sense, that question? Yeah. How, how do you do that? Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. It's not like I, I you know, I'm a, a believer just like you, and, and it's not like I come into work, you know, quoting the gospel or sharing the gospel uh, first thing in the morning when we show up and check our air packs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Like most other believers in the fire service, we just try to live out Christ's example as much as possible. And, and do I get it wrong? Do we all get it wrong? Yes, that, obviously we do. Uh, we fall short. Uh, we're human. Uh, but just trying to live out the example of really serving others, being humble. Um, and, and one of the best things uh, I really think that we can do as believers in the fire service is to guard our tongue. And that is, I know it's impossible, but if we can guard our tongue and, and we all know the fire service is a bunch of chatty Cathy's, whether guys or gals, we, we love to gossip in the fire service, right? And we love to put others down uh, instead of building them up. 
And so if, if we as believers can be that salt, we can be that light uh, in the fire service uh, to make sure that we aren't participating in that, we're not putting others down, uh, people will take note, right? And, and it's not just about, you know, not cursing or whatever, yeah. like and not saying cuss words, right? I mean, but it, it's about, you know, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. So right. whatever is inside of you will come out of you from your mouth. I mean, that's straight from the Bible right there. So let's think before we speak, uh, especially around that kitchen table, especially when we're riding around in that rig. Let's think twice before we say something that might be putting someone else down or gossiping about someone else or, or participating in gossip when other, other people are, are, are slandering others, basically. Um, so I think that's one really important thing, uh, since we are so vocal and verbal in the fire right, service. Right, yeah. uh, I think that's we know what's right. We know, we know how to get things done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one really big thing we can do as believers to, to really, um, just show Christ's love, right? Is, is mm-hmm. to guard our tongue. Uh, but in the contrast to that, um, to build on that and, you know, it's one thing to not say these things, not participate in those things. But when we do talk, what are we saying? How right. are we encouraging others? How are we lifting others up? Um, whether it's the senior firefighter or the most rookie firefighter, if it's chief officer or a probie, right? How are we encouraging others and taking the time to, to lift them up uh, with our words, with our actions? Um, one of the best things that uh, I was taught by one of my mentors was uh, he would randomly leave notes of encouragement uh, for, for, for me, for his firefighters, just saying, hey, uh, you did good on this call. And he didn't like broadcast it. He didn't right. give it to us. He would just put it in our mail tray. He would put it in, you know, on our, our night uh, bunk stand or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, just for us to see, you know, and of course that leaves an impact on you. It's like, hey, I see you. I saw what you did. It was great. And and it's a way of encouraging others without bringing a whole bunch of attention, you know, to right, right, right. in front of others. It's just a good, solid way to say, hey, I saw what you did and, and you did a good job. I appreciate you. So that's one of the things I've adopted and I've tried to do with my firefighters and just, uh, you know, just making sure we're praising others, you know, and, and for their good works. And I mean, mm-hmm. we praise God as believers. Right. We, we declare truthfully the good works he's done. Right. So right. we can praise others, too, in the fire station. Right. No, that's that's so good. And, and trust me, you pierced my heart on that because you know, as an author and as a speaker and as a Christian, that you're getting beat in a lot of different directions. I know you are for a fact. You know, when you're you mean this, tar- this target on my back, yeah, is there's target saying? on you. It is there, <laughs> and and I, I when you were saying that was piercing my heart because you know people will come through, and I'm going to use me as an example instead of saying Jim Moss, but we say. Oh, Jason Sawtell's up there on stage. He's full of this. He's full of that. Oh, his stories are over did, this. He's didn't yeah, he's you better. see him ten years ago? He right. was yeah, yeah. yeah, he hasn't fought a fire in five years, but he's telling me how to fight fire now. And so and 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 so that gets pounded into us. And let's be honest, it does come from Christian firefighters and non-Christian firefighters like because we we sit in the culture and our flesh sometimes just absorbs that culture, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's because our sure. flesh wants that and so but it, it tears you down after a while and it beats you down after a while. And I just, I just hope that the, our brothers and sisters in Christ in and out of the fire service hear that about the gossip, the bad talk, the, you know, talking about your pastor, talking about people in the congregation. It's just, it's, it's one of the yeah. most destroying thing there is out there personally and at the organizational level, you know, so I appreciate oh. you bringing that up. Yeah. Oh, the, the, I mean, there's a reason why, uh, you know, 
guarding our words and our tongue is in the Bible so many times. I mean, the book of Proverbs, the book of James, I mean, Jesus spoke about it. And and so there's a reason that it is touched on so much and talked about so much in the Bible, because our words have a massive effect on on others, on ourselves, and and how, like you said, how others perceive us mm-hmm. as as believers. And uh, you know, take if you're not even a believer in the fire service, I mean, I think your credibility um, is very impacted if you're constantly negative, constantly gossiping, uh, constantly complaining about something. You're going to be labeled that guy, right? right. If if, if, you, if you're constantly doing those things, whether you're a believer or not. You're going to be labeled, uh, you know, a negative Nelly, um, mm. and no one's going to want to really be around you. Uh, right. But for us as believers, we, like I said, we need to be that salt. We need to be right. that light uh, to others uh, in the fire service and outside of the fire service as well in our in our churches and congregations, mm. as as you mentioned. Yeah, well, it's cool, and I love that because something I've trained myself on now. Because you know, I'll be honest with you, whenever I get on a computer or I'm doing something online. I don't see the audience looking at me. I really don't, you know? And then one day a senior fire captain who's also a Christian came to me and he's like, Jason, remember this, every message that you put out there, regardless of what you think you're saying is getting looked at by the masses. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. Well, trust me, even though people aren't hitting the little like button or doing this, that it's getting out there. And so yeah. I, I bluntly hit him. I said, so what did I say that offended everyone? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm that guy. You know, I'm like, all right, bro, well, then hit me with it, you know, and stab me in the heart because I need to be stabbed. It's going to hurt, you know, but but I want to grow from that, you know? Yeah. And he just said, he says, you don't need to comment so much on things you disagree with. Maybe you should just every once in a while look at a person and you say, awesome. Hey, man. Hey, great insight looking, you know, like. And that just hit me so much. And so even online, as silly as it is, I've slowed down my commentary. Like people go, politically, where do you stand? This, that, and the other. You're from California. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, chill. If you get to know me, I'm (laughs) from California. I'm not trying to figure you out. (laughs) Yeah, you know, because I'll have guys come in all directions, you know, beat me down, saying I'm this, that. And and, and so I, I stay away from the... When someone says, are you liberal? I'm like, well, I liberally love. They're like, are you conservative? Like, conservatively hate. I'm trying not to do it as much. I don't <laughs> right, want the worldly words interjected in my faith, you know. But if people good. get to know me, they'll see that my faith guides the way that I think, the way that I may vote to not go p- too political there. But but I, I love your, your guidance on that and stuff about having to watch our tongues. Because, you know, the Bible is very clear. It's like God's asking, how can you praise me? out of the same mouth that you're spewing filth. It's, it's what yeah. a contradiction, you know? And it's yeah. like, it's not what you put into the body. It's what comes out of the body. You know, it's so yeah. important there, man. And I like that. The other thing I want to throw a comment on, cause it just, I mean, it gave me chills when you're talking about it is ways to encourage without mm-hmm. making a big hoopla about it. And I'm going to go back yeah. to my probationary days. I'm talking, you know, this was 25 years ago and stuff. We were at a fire and it was right at the change of shift. And there's a little town right next to us called Alameda where they only have three fire engines and one ladder truck. And here we are a big city up against them. And they had like a three alarm work of fire. So they're like, new kid, get on the truck. Let's go. You know? So I'm like, yeah, (laughs) hop on, you know, it's change shift. And as we show up to the fire, man, I'm sitting there looking, we have four Victorians just rolling because it was one of those instances wow. where there was like a garage behind the houses with an alley. The garage got going so radiant heat hit all four houses. Yeah. The block was starting to go. 
So we're on the roof and, you know, I'm first time ever I'm cutting holes and the guys are laughing because I'm standing, the wind is in my face and I'm cutting a hole. So it's just blasting me. And back then we didn't bring bottles to the roof. We're just in our wool pants and stuff. So I was taking a beating up there, right? (laughs) They're laughing like, new kid, get to this side of the roof. Are you done being burnt? (laughs) I feel like my knuckles are blistering. And so they were letting me experience it, not letting me get hurt, but letting me learn from my mistakes while being Mm -hmm. sure I stay. So I go to the other side. Next thing you know, Everything I've ever been taught was once you cut a hole and there's guys inside, you do not squirt water in that hole. Everyone, not in Oakland, you don't mm-hmm. do that. We're through the front door. If water goes through a window, it's because the buildings become too unstable. We're out. Sure. And so all of a sudden, the senior man's cutting this, like, it was like a four by nine hole. It looked almost like a big door. And he's yelling at me to go back down to the engine and grab a hose line, come up. Well, what was going on was the guys couldn't make the attic. So he basically made a third floor out of the attic. And we went in an interior. Oh, wow. the park. He says, once you see pike poles start coming through, you're going to stop squirting water because we don't want to steam the guys and all that. And it was just these guys used their experience to do something we've always been told not to do. And it knocked the fire. Well, mm. here's where I'm going with that story. At the end of the fire, he reaches up to his helmet. He pulls out this stick of gum and hands it to me. And everyone's looking. They're like, skins, you're giving freaking Sautel a stick of your gum? <laughs> and I didn't want to chew it because I'll burn up. You know, old. I'm like, it's like 20-year-old gum. <laughs> well, that's his thing. If he saw a new kid or someone do something good, he would give him a stick of gum. And that was the pat that, on the back. That was his word. That was his attaboy. That was his attaboy because he gave you his words of wisdom while you're working. He made sure I got a face full of smoke, but pulled me back in time. He taught me so many lessons on that fire. But then when we're done, his attaboy was just that stick of gum. And we didn't even talk about the fire. But 25 years later, I'm now remembering everything I learned on that fire and the yeah. attaboy he gave me. So I just wanted to follow that up that for, you I know, that. yeah, in and out of the fire service. It's so good to give those attaboys. You know, I... I don't like critiquing people, but when I hear something, I'll be honest, 50% or sometimes even maybe 25% of what they say I'm going to use. The other 75 was, hey, I appreciate your time for getting out there, but I don't really need that. But I always give that attaboy. So you, as a, you know, a superior sounds kind of crazy, but, but we always say that in the fire service. But for you as a manager of folks under you, what do you see them gain from those attaboys that you give? Uh, I think it's confidence. I think it's also, like I said before, that I see them and I see what they did because I think everyone in their heart of hearts, whether it's the most disgruntled employee or the the probie, I think in their heart of hearts, they deep down want to make a difference and, and do a good job. And they want to be recognized for that. And so I think when a leader in the fire service uh, really sees and recognizes that that firefighter for for doing a good job, or even if it's doing the job that they're supposed to do, I think when they're recognized, they're appreciated. When you're appreciated, you have more buy-in. You want to work harder. You want to contribute more. You want to be that person of value that I spoke of earlier. And so... Mm-hmm. When we as leaders and and guess what, you don't have to be an officer to be a leader, right? Right. You can be a a firefighter on five years, right? With no title and your, your title is firefighter, paramedic, or just firefighter, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Right. You can be that leader that encourages those, those younger firefighters with those attaboys. And I'm not saying you have to say congratulations, good job for every single little thing. 
right? Yeah, because grade them up in those pores. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it will lose its luster, right? But, right. You know, let's just say uh, we all ran um, a cardiac arrest together, mm-hmm. right? And it was the uh, the new guys first time running or leading that cardiac arrest as a crew, right? right? Um, and so he did it with confidence. He remembered, you know, he helped guide that cardiac mm-hmm. arrest, that code in a, in a way that uh, should have been done. And maybe us as senior firefighters and paramedics, we're, we're, we're used to doing that. You know, we've been doing it for 15, 20 right. years or whatever, and we're used to it. But that maybe that was his, you know, first time running that code and he did an all right job. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's good to say, hey, man, that was that was a hard call. Good job running the code and, and good job pointing out when uh, I, I needed to be pushing harder on chest compressions or, you know, that, you know, you pointed out that this was the correct dose or this or that. I think when you recognize those small things and and you're paying attention, it shows that you as the leader, you're invested in their success, right? right? You want to see them succeed. And that's one of the things I say in my book is that successful firefighters want to see other firefighters be successful, right? right? It's not a competition to, to see who has the most quote unquote success, if you're succeeding, and this is what I tell my crew, if you're succeeding, we're all succeeding, right? right? Um, but if if you're, or let's just say, if I'm pulling us down, uh, I'm pulling myself down, it's going to pull all of us down, right. right, all together. And so when we can celebrate each other's successes, even if that means someone, maybe one of your uh, people you're in competition with to become an officer or an engineer or whatever, even if they get the promotion before you, you do congratulate them say good right. job man i'm, I'm right. happy for your success and and don't do it in a right. disingenuine way do it in right. a genuine way uh, because your time is definitely going to come around if that's your mindset yeah no i i fully agree on that you know and here's something i'll tell you when i took my first lieutenant's test i actually wanted to score you know bottom of the list and stuff because i knew that they had 14 jobs available. There are 16 of us on the list. So I knew I'd get all the overtime as a firefighter working higher rank. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so I tried, I tried to be lower on that list. And stuff. So, yeah, no, the story behind that was there was a time in Oakland where I was the only lieutenant eligible to work higher rank in the whole city and stuff. And so I crushed wow. it. So I told all those, I congratulate them for the wrong reason, you know? So no, just teasing about Gotcha, that. gotcha. <laughs> but, you know, I, I fully agree with the way you you mentioned that, you know, because sometimes let's be honest, it's hard as a leader to sit back and watch things, you know, unravel. Mm -hmm. And you just know that you're smooth, you're quick on this and everything. And you want to go in there, but we can totally destroy someone if we go in there and, and put all of our abilities while they're learning, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. if something's wrong, it's going to compromise patient care, crew uh, safety, by all means, hop in there later. We'll talk about the reason behind that because there's a learning experience that too. So, so I really enjoy that aspect of it. Now let's talk about when we have to correct people in general. And I'm talking about for Mm -hmm. folks, because a firehouse is be honest, it's an office, you know, and people that are working offices, we have the same rules. We have the same things that need to be done. We just have a different working environment. Mm -hmm. So we have to correct someone. And I want to give a little story here before I give this. And what happened with me was, I think it was about the three-year mark where I knew everything. You know, I mean, I was, yeah, yeah, dude, I knew it all. You know, I had a few fires on my belt. I'd finally been, you know, everyone, the trust was built up where I didn't need to be given direct orders on every fire where I went to, you know. And I remember I was working with a, a lieutenant on a different shift and 
I was being a little cocky and arrogant and she said something to me, which I knew was an order and I just didn't follow it because we're also friends, you know? Then she said something else and I, I didn't sense at the time, but I was basically being a young punk. So she casually, without anyone around, calls me over to her office and she goes, hey, Jason, can you come here for a minute? And she's like, you put me in a situation I've never want or thought I'd be put in. And I said, what's that? She's like, I'm not there yet, but I think the worst thing that could ever happen to me is having to write up a friend. Bro, that corrected me right there. I mean, it was just, that's what I needed to hear at that moment. She didn't go mm -hmm. down each thing I did, which she could have. She didn't yeah. write me up, which, dude, I could have been written up, you know, and stuff. Yeah. But just the way that she approached me, it gave me, I, I had to readjust inside and self-reflect. Sure. Now, sure. when you're encountered with whatever situation, you know, whether it's that or something else, and you obviously you're not going to give up one that, you know, so, Hey, he's talking about me, just circumstances. <laughs> How do you correct? And, and where do you find ways to do that? So what I, I, I love that uh, you're using the word correct. And, and what you're alluding to is, is the D word, which is discipline. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so the D word Discipline is seen by many as a, as a negative word, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, it is a biblical principle that, you know, I mean, we, it was just the topic of the sermon this week at church and oh, the topic of our discussion at, at our uh, small group, our home okay. team uh, that we host in our house. And so it's great because God disciplines us for our good, right? Not to punish us, right. but to guide us and correct us, as you said, onto the right path so that we have a good relationship with him, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so the same can be said when it comes to when we were raised as children by our parents, we were disciplined for our good, right? Mm -hmm. And the same can be said for our children, uh, for those of us who have children, we discipline them for their good. And so when it comes to the fire service, there's that direct par parallel that we can apply is that we, we, uh, sometimes we need to be disciplined as that firefighter. And sometimes we need to discipline others mm -hmm. if we are their officer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the word I love that you used is correct. Right. And so when it comes down to discipline, here's my basic de definition, the minimum amount of force that can be applied to correct or guide that individual to the correct action or behavior. Right. And so that might be a mouthful. But if you think about it, it's like the minimal amount of force applied. And some might think, is he talking about like physical force? No, obviously, I'm right. not talking about physical right. force there. Um, I'm talking about like with your example that you just gave is that conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. She didn't write you up right away. She probably could have. She cool. probably was 100 percent could have written you up and she would have been perfectly in the right for doing mm -hmm. that with with departmental policy. But she had that conversation. Right. And, and that corrected your behavior just like that, because she said, hey, you know, basically, I know what you did. You know what you did. And I don't want to have to write you up. Right. We have a good we have a good friendship. We have a good working relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And so don't put me in that position again. Don't disobey. You know, that was an order. You know, Forward, she's yeah. saying this not maybe directly to you, but you understand it. You know, the, uh, don't make me write you up because I don't want to. But guess what? I yeah. will. And if that's what I have to do to correct your, your, your behavior, that's what's going to happen. So mm -hmm. that example right there is just example of discipline when it's a conversation that probably corrected your behavior. And that was enough. Right. Right. Um, you know, every fire department has an actual written policy on 
I'm sure progressive discipline, you know, mm-hmm. verbal reprimand, written reprimand, suspension mm-hmm. from duty, termination. And you right. can, you know, follow that right. to the letter if you want to. Right. Right. But I think for most of us, if we have a good working relationship with others, we're going to take that conversation approach exactly like your your officer did for you and say, hey, let's let's not let this happen again. I don't think you're going to let it happen again. And let's let's move on. Yeah, it's it was, as it was simple so cool. as that. Yeah. And she 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 brought in also that personal side of it would hurt yeah. me a little. You know, it's like it's that classic yeah. thing, like don't make me have to be this person type thing, which is kind of a stupid way to bring it up. But she just I mean, everything about it was she she just connected our friendship. She connected that she was superior to me, everything together and yep. bro, it just pierced me where I actually, I, she didn't make me feel like garbage. It made me self-reflect and I felt like garbage for the way that I was behaving, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure you apologize for it too. Oh yeah, totally. 100% I apologize for it and stuff. And she still brings it up to this day because we're really good friends. <laughs> in, my, in my book, she <laughs> actually wrote something you guys laugh about, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, she's one of the endorsements. No, she was, and, and the cool thing is I don't want to give too much there, but she was one of the first females in the Oakland Fire Department to be promoted. So she had a lot of things she had to go through and I don't want to, I mean, I couldn't imagine I've never walked in her shoes, but what's so cool is she didn't use any of the pain or bring any of the baggage that she went through to drive the way she handled me. She actually talked to me as a human being and it it just felt really good, you know? And and she was a Christian too. come to find out later, you know, but that was way before my Christian years and stuff. So yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the other thing I want to go over Jim is just talking about how you take principles from the fire service and let them drive your everyday life, you know, of how, how you read your Bible, how, how you do things with your family. Obviously you're not bringing your SOPs to your family. You're not bringing all of that. there, sure. and, and you know, the, the Lord is guiding you, but let's be honest. There's, I truly believe there's so many things the fire department has, right? Not that yeah. we want to come home and run our house like a firehouse. Cause one time, sure. I did come home and I told Christy, I said, <laughs> I said, babe, things at the firehouse run so much smoother because we all just do our freaking jobs, you know? And she looked at me and she's all, well, you didn't marry an Oakland firefighter, did you? Huh? Right, yeah. Ooh, dude, I was like, shut, I shut it down. Yeah. right there. But with yeah. that being said, I do believe there's principles that we can bring in. And I know a lot of my audience is not in the fire service. What are some things that you could encourage people on from things you've experienced in uh, through the fire service? I think, um, oh, wow, that's a good question. I know, I dropped the hammer on you there, bro. Uh, I think one of the things is being Mm -hmm. self-disciplined. As a firefighter, if you want to be successful and if you're going along the path of promotion, whether it's engineer or officer, Mm -hmm. um, when you're going towards that path, you have to be self-disciplined. And that definitely will carry over to your your home life and your faith too, right? Right. We need to be self-disciplined about getting in the word every day as believers, Mm -hmm. right? Praying every day, not to be legalistic about it, but to spend time with God and and be in communion with him, right? Right. And so that's one of the things of being, you know, we have our we call them SOPs, but, you know, Mm -hmm. daily chores, housework, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, You know, as much as people might gripe and grumble about it, it is just something that is good to be in the the routine of doing at work. Well, it's kind of like the same thing when you when you come home of having those routines is is really good to have when you're at home to make sure things are running efficiently. Um, And that might be something to where you're actually physically cleaning something at home, but also like, 
routines of, of, you know, bedtime for your children, um, to make sure, you know, you're, you're praying with them. You're, you're saying goodnight to them nightly, um, routines of just making sure you're, you're checking in with your spouse, uh, mm-hmm. your loved ones, making sure that, uh, they are, they know that you're thinking about them. You're encouraging them. Um, one of the things I love to do at the firehouse, if, if you know about me and my social media, I love to cook. And so mm-hmm. I'll post, you know, food pictures and all that stuff. Right I'm that foodie guy who posts those food yep. pictures. Um, and so like, I love to cook at the firehouse and I love to cook at home. Right. Amen, so that's brother. one thing, one thing I've definitely learned from, uh, cooking for a lot of firefighters. Yep. I know how to cook for a lot of people for parties and at home. So that's yep. definitely transferred over. Yeah. You can uh, ratchet and, it out. And, yeah. It's funny. Like my, you yeah. know, <laughs> her, our gifts are so, I mean, she is so gifted in so many areas as a, but one of her gifts is not rationing food because I'll sit there and laugh. Like, <laughs> so we have this many people come from Easter. Well, it's sort of how big of a roast do you think we get? You know, and she, I'm, she's like, well, we have 20 people. And then she grabbed like a four pound roast. I'm like, okay, how about I'll, <laughs> I'll handle that part there. You know, you, you make you all of everything. So no, that's so good because I agree with that. Cause one time we're at the firehouse with a new guy and I was watching him do kitchen and we separate that we have special housework every day too. So we would do our regular stuff, but then a certain part of the house had attention to detail. And I showed him how we did the kitchen that we bring every utensil out. We clean out all the drawers. We do all this stuff. And so then I watched him and he didn't follow through on it. So I said, bro, this is why we're doing this. Yeah. And do it. Well, there's no officer around. So I'm going to talk to him, firefighter to firefighter. I'm like, all right, bro, this, I'm done with you now. Get this handled this way. You're not going to come work at five engine anymore. Okay. Kind of come. Sure. And I realized I wasn't teaching him as much. So he goes, why do you guys do that? I was raised of the generation. We asked why we just did. Okay? You didn't have to ask why. You right. But I was like, <laughs> okay, let me tell you. I said, it's attention to detail because when we're yeah. checking every fork. We're cleaning everything. It now goes over to the fire engine. Why do we keep the fire engine so spotless? Is because we want it shiny? No, we want to find if there's something broken on it. Because if there's mm-hmm. one piece of broken equipment, it could kill us. It could kill someone else because it's a very dangerous job. So therefore, right. when we start here in the kitchen by paying attention to detail and detail and every little thing and doing everything exactly in order it then translates over here. So you can't just have one part of your life chaotic and another part just all put together. And that's the same thing with faith. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not going legalistic and preaching. I have it all together because I fall apart. We all fall apart and stuff. But what we strive to do is get the chaos out and try to keep things running the way the Lord wants us to do it. We want to do what he wants for us. And if yeah. we start following patterns, like you said, filling our heart, mind, and soul with his word. Well, then when you're put in those situations, you now, they flow out of you. You may not be citing the exact scripture, but Mm -hmm. the quote, the doctrine or the principle that God wanted to teach you is right there and you're acting it and you're living it, you know? And so I appreciate that, that way of you throwing that wisdom out there. Anyways, Jim, A, we have ran a bit over and stuff, but man, no, I'm bringing you back on, dude. Trust me. We, we could go on and on and on. (laughs) I, I would love to. Yeah. So tell me about where people can get more of you, your podcast, your freaking incredible book and all that stuff. And we'll, we'll post it in the notes, but if you could tell us where that'd be great. Yeah, sure. Uh, so firefighter success book, uh, you just go to firefighter success book.com, uh, for firefighter functional fitness. It is firefighter functional fitness.com. 
if you go on any of the social medias, as they say, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and X now, uh, just you can search firefighter hey, this success is a family or friendly firefighter thing. functional did, fitness. Did you say X? I did. Is well, that wrong? Family friendly. What's that? (laughs) But yeah, so just search firefighter functional fitness or firefighter success. Yeah, you'll find it on the social media um, and you'll find the podcast under firefighter success on the web pages. And and, uh, that's how you'll find it, whether it's iTunes or or Google Play and all those good outlets, you'll find it. Um, And you can listen to Jason's interview. That was a good one. Oh yeah, that's a lot of fun, man. So my friends go out there and listen to his podcast, grab his books. Cause I'm telling you, even if you're not a firefighter, there are so many amazing principles in there for your life, for your business, for the way you work, just everything about it and stuff. And I believe in filling our, our uh, minds with as much knowledge from fellow believers as we can get, regardless of what they're speaking or teaching on. And your books have got that. So, all right, brother, I appreciate you for uh, coming on today, man. You have a incredible day. Hey, thank you. God bless, brother. I hope you found this episode as encouraging as I did. Be sure to click the like, subscribe, or whatever button you see that will notify you of future shows because we have some awesome guests lined up that you're not going to want to miss. Until next week, remember this, my friends. Jesus is all we need. I love you guys. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. So head on over to lifeaudio.com and check them out. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.